We've all seen the videos of street medics tending to civil unrest injuries, but do they have any legal protection, recognition or certified skills? Judging by the comments from the written article that's already out there, this is quite an emotive subject. I'm Rob Lawrence and this is EMS One Stop. era of civil disorder, the medic on the truck staging round the block isn't the only medic in the vicinity. Recent protests and demonstrations have all involved street medics identifying themselves with their duct tape red crosses as part of the organisation of the protests. We've all seen the YouTube videos of administering a tourniquet for a scratch on the leg or dispensing supermarket milk in the treatment of tear gas. But who are these street medics? What do they do? And importantly, do they have any legal protection, recognition or certified skills? It turns out that the existence of street medics in support of those exercising their amendment rights is not new and goes back to the civil rights movement. Many resources chart their history, training and motivation, in fact. This is a very emotive subject for EMS as the term medic alone conjures up an expectation of qualification, certification and experience. It's also a point of annoyance to some in EMS that street medics are even present and taking part in highly volatile events. But as a scholar of all things EMS, I wish to understand how street medics operate and what they undertake to deliver. The old soldier in me also demands that I'm familiar with their doctrine, tactics, techniques and procedures. Street medics came into the spotlight recently after a lawsuit in Portland, Oregon, in which representative plaintiffs sought a temporary restraining order to protect them from arrest, having physical force used against them, being dispersed, having their equipment seized or being ordered to move or stop treating an individual. The request, similar in structure to the Geneva Convention, provides that medical and hospital personnel shall be respected and protected. Before we arrive at the ruling on this case, it's worth understanding street medics a little deeper. In the words of the various street medics' own publications, and there are a lot out there, believe me, I've searched them all on the internet, uh, street medics, or action medics as they call them, are volunteers with a minimum of first aid training supplemented by specific protest-related training, and they attend protests and demonstrations supporting in mutual aid roles to provide medical and wellness care. Unlike EMTs or paramedics who have undergone education for professional medical care, street medics usually operate under Good Samaritan laws and use methods learned through specific protest medicine training programs that individuals are required to undertake to be recognised as a trained street medic. To understand street medic training, I reviewed a Do No Harm Coalition, which is a street medic group formed in 2016 in San Francisco, uh, their video class entitled Street Medic Bridge Training for Medical Professionals on YouTube. The curriculum aimed at existing clinical professionals considering joining in with protest coverage explained a wide range of topics from preparation for street medicine and situational awareness to riot injury patterns, self-care and police violence as a public health threat. 
The class stressed the importance of operating in a buddy system and never becoming separated. It also suggested that uh, you may as well write the legal aid number with a sharpie on the body in case of arrest. The video provided guidance on what to wear, including helmets, running shoes and backpacks containing snacks and water. Other essential equipment also included heat-resistant gloves to move tear gas canisters, as well as loose change for the subway. Medical students were invited to show up carrying extra masks and gloves to share because of the COVID-19 threat, although there was no indication of where this equipment was to be sourced from. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Instructors were clear that despite the certification of clinicians volunteering to serve, that use of BLS skills only should be employed on the ground. The instructor advised that he strongly advised refraining from doing the thing that you may know how to do in the streets. He went on to note, you don't need to be doing a trach or going out to put a chest tube in. We're not there yet. For non-clinical volunteers, a 20-hour basic class is conducted, which includes comprehensive coverage of BLS interventions, as well as an understanding of mental, behavioural health and peer support issues. But what did the street medics say about EMS? Well, in the street medics training video, it included comments about public safety EMS, which actually was perhaps fair. We do have to follow the IAP and stage as required, as scene safety and provider protection are a major consideration in our own EMS delivery doctrine. The instructor asked the class to think about the last time you saw an ambulance there attended to wounded people subjected to chemical weapons and kinetic injuries. They observed that EMS comes to the scene later. This reinforced the rationale for street medicine being in place to temporise, stabilise and treat until the patient can get to a level of higher care. Returning to the case of Wise, Martinez, Durkee and Guest, who were the plaintiffs and the medics, versus the City of Portland, in a 23-page ruling, uh, District Judge Karen J. Immergut denied the motion and concluded that in so ruling, the medics had no unique status under the First Amendment that allows them to disregard lawful orders. She said, This court does not seek to diminish or devalue the efforts of the protest medics in keeping others safe, nor does it question the protest medics' right to continue to engage in the protests and offering medical support to protesters. Like ordinary protesters, however, the protest medics must abide by lawful police orders, the ruling stated. The ruling also found that in many of the incidents of alleged targeting described in the case, the protest medics were not in fact in the act of providing medical aid. To offer a balanced view of this topic, I realise that we in the uniformed services delivering EMS have never, to my knowledge, been requested or volunteered to provide medical standby for a protesting organisation. By virtue of that fact, we have been, for the most part, in the second echelon of the scene, awaiting clearance and call forward to the incident to render care. On the other side of the divide, or the shields and the barriers, groups have formed sympathetic to the demonstration and the demonstrator to offer some degree of response and care all voluntarily. These individuals, no matter what we think, are acting as good Samaritans and as such enjoy protections for those administering aid. They are, however, citizens and currently appear to have no exemption from lawful orders. On the question of competency to practice or delivering EMS without a licence, I can find no opinion to outlaw or question this. 
Similarly, I can find no evidence of certified clinicians who have served as street medics and been disciplined or deregistered either, nor can I find examples of an injured protester litigating against a street medic for an act of gross negligence. In the final analysis, street medics are out there on the other side of the line doing what they're legally allowed to do, and perhaps we should not be concerned unless it directly affects our practice or stops us from delivering certified and authorised care on scene. Those were my views. I would love to hear yours on the main webpage comment section. Please follow me on Twitter at UKRobL or over on LinkedIn. If you're listening on SoundCloud, just hang on a second for another great episode of Inside EMS that's surely following this. But that's it. I've been Rob Lawrence, and until next time, bye for now.